go. Welcome to another heartfelt edition of Compelled. <laughs> I am just Beagle. Mike Sutherland. All right. Uh, who are we talking about today? This this one is interesting because I just read this today. Mm-hmm. And um, this is about, um, it's a horse trainer. It, it, very similar circumstances to Larry Nasser. Yeah. He's an equestrian coach by the name of Jimmy Williams. He was he was a Hollywood professional stunt guy, and he was a horse trainer, Olympic Olympic meddling horse. But <laughs> I can't say the words. <laughs> I, I I know what you're saying. Okay, but was he meddling with something else? La Cunada in California. There's no trace of Jimmy A. Williams, the show jumping Hall of Fame trainer at the Equestrian Club, where he was an instructor for nearly four decades, cultivating young riders, some of whom went on to Olympic fame. The pictures and paintings of Mr. Williams, who died in 93, and the sterling trophies he won all vanished without a word recently from the clubhouse, where he had spent many afternoons tipping back champagne with some of Los Angeles County's biggest and richest names, the parents of the youngest charges, of his youngest charges. Last month, the club removed his name from the grand show opening I'm sorry, from the Grand Show Jumping Stadium at the heart of the sprawling property at the foot of the San Gabriel Mountains. It was called the Jimmy A. Williams Oval. Today, it's just called Ring One. Uh, This is from the New York Times, by the way. But his former riders cannot forget Mr. Williams. Across the country in her New Jersey barn, adorned with her Olympic medals, Ann Krasinski, one of the country's most decorated show jumpers, remembers her former coach. How he tasted of alcohol when he pinned her in a horse stall and crammed his tongue into her mouth. And far more, quote, he penetrated me when I was 11. Miss Krasinski said, revealing publicly for the first time the details of what she said became six years of continual rape and molestation. I was a little kid, and he was God. The, equestri- the equestrian community has been rocked by the revelations of abuse made by Miss Krasinski and four other students, the broad strokes of which were first reported last month by the Chronicle of the Horse, an industry publication. It has shaken an insular universe in which Mr. Williams, in life and after, was a mythic figure revered for his knack with difficult horses and churning out top-flight riders. But few have been surprised. Interviews with 38 former students, trainers, grooms, equestrian officials, and members of the Flint Ridge Riding Club revealed a rarefied social scene in which Mr. Williams groped and kissed young girls publicly and with impunity, though few knew the true extent of the abuse. They describe a toxic brew of prestige and ambition that led parents bent on their child's success in the show ring to ignore his daily predations and pursued children who were afraid of losing beloved horses to stay silent. I'm sorry, not pursued, persuaded children. Jeez. Uh, what emerged was a, was a world where adults uh, entree to cocktail hour in the Spanish colonial-style clubhouse and access to a man with movie star good looks and a legendary way with horses seemed to eclipse whatever it was rumored to have happened back at the barn. The unspoken rule was not saying anything, not divulging anything, uh, says Karen Harold. She was there um, from the ages of 16 to 20, during which time she said Mr. Williams continually molested her. Mr. Williams wielded carrot and stick to ensure silence, she and others said. Better horses to ride for those who were compliant and threats they'd fail in the sport without him as coach. For the riders, it was, oh, my God, I want to be the best rider, said Miss Harold, who now works in breast cancer research. But for the parents, it was, oh, my God, I want to be a part of this, this lavish lifestyle. Mr. Williams, who died at age 76, zipped around horse shows in a cowboy hat and a cloud of cologne and a customized golf cart emblazoned with the phrase, Jim, Jimmy Williams is a clean old man, amen. He was a World War II veteran. He left military service with a purple heart and bronze star. 
and he had learned classical writing when he was stationed in Italy. <clears throat> he also starred in several movies as an equestrian stunt double. Handsome and spouting aphorisms, it was no, he was known as a ladies' man in obituary in, in the Los Angeles Times. God, I can't read. Obituary. Said he was married six times. He began riding at eight with stints in almost every discipline from racehorses to western horses. He began working at Flint Ridge in 1956 and remained employed there until his death. As Mr. Williams climbed in prestige, netting accolades and even the establishment in 1988 of a lifetime achievement trophy in his name by the sport's top governing body, which is his silver, his trademark cowboy hat and silver by Tiffany, the, whipper, the whispers that escaped the paddocks of Flint Ridge were ignored. Just before the trophy was inaugurated, Jane Forbes Clark, then the first vice president of the sports governing organization, was warned of Mr. Williams' rumored misconduct. She said by a person she declined to name, but Miss Clark did not investigate the veracity of the story other than to call a friend, Frank Chapeau, the six-time Olympian who died in 2016 and asked for his opinion. Mr. Chapeau's wife, the Olympian Mary Mares Chapeau, had trained with Mr. Williams. Miss Clark did not speak to Mr. Williams or any Flint Ridge clients or raise the issue with her board, Miss Clark said. It was such a vague rumor, Miss Clark said. The trophy was unanimously adopted by the organization. Two years ago, the organization caved to backroom pressure exerted by Miss Krasinski and other victims to remove Mr. Williams' names from the Lifetime Achievement Trophy. Um, but at the time, Christine Tauber, then the president of the United States Equestrian Federation, did not disclose the reaction of the reason. In 2016, Ms. Tauber said it was a purely bureaucratic decision, and it was only last month that the Federation revealed the truth after being pressed by a reporter from the Chronicle of the Horse when asked by the New York Times why Ms. Tauber had obfuscated in 2016. The, Feder the Federation issued a statement correcting the record. We did what we believed was responsible at the time to protect any potential victim. As we did not have a substantiated claim of sexual abuse, Bill Maroney, the chief executive of the Federation, <coughs> said, uh, Our public statement has changed, and the Jimmy Williams trophy has been retired due to the substantiated allegations from a victim with whom Jimmy Williams engaged in sexual misconduct during his role as her trainer. Why it took decades for the allegations to surface is something that the victims struggled to understand. Many themselves said nothing. I think it must have been because he was Jimmy Williams, said uh, Susan Lomenzo Langer, who uh, she was there when she was 15 years old. For Jimmy to invite you to his house, even if it was to chase after you and corner you and molest you, he was a magician with horses. We were so in awe of him. He was so famous. He was a movie star. I was just a kid. Some dispute the allegations against Mr. Williams. Susan Hutchinson, a professional Grand Prix rider, began riding at Flint Ridge Riding School. When she was five, when she was 18, she began living with Mr. Williams. Yeah. Think about that. Who was then 55. The long-term partnership continued to his death, according to the obituary, uh, his obituary. Mrs. Hutchinson, or Ms. Hutchinson, has vehemently denied any abuse and denounced the accusations in published reports. Of course she did. Of the 22 club presidents over the course of Mr. Williams' long tenure, almost all are deceased. Priscilla McClure, who served as president from 77 to 79, said that although she knew that Jimmy kissed everyone indiscriminately, not a single person had ever complained about his conduct. It would have been my responsibility as president to look into such allegations. I believe every one of them, but I didn't hear anything from any of them, and I didn't hear anything from parents. Perhaps that was because people knew that I regarded Jimmy as a friend. I would have been the last person anyone would have come to about that. I mean, that's just that's a severe, honest statement, and, um, and I'm glad that she actually said I believe every one of them. Uh, Alan F. Balk, or Balsh, 
uh, president of the club during the 80s and 90s, who at the time of Mr. Williams' death was writing his biography, according to the L.A. Times, did not respond to multiple requests. In an extensive statement to the Chronicle, Mr. Balk said he had heard of only a single incident. A former member called him on behalf of her daughter and another girl whom he declined to name. He detailed confronting Mr. Williams, who denied the accusations and indicated that competitive equestrian rivalries spurred the claims. It seemed to me that she, her daughter, and Jimmy, Jimmy need to make peace about all this among themselves, and I said so. Only they know the whole truth about the matter, which, is again, is just basically denial. Uh, Jimmy Williams never claimed impeccable personal virtue, he added. The president of the Flint Ridge Riding Club, Susan Osimo, did not respond to messages on April 18th. Club members received a letter stating that, the, given the allegations, the club would remove from our publicity the affiliation with him, although the damage has been done. In my <laughs> Several people contacted for this article said that while they had seen Mr. Williams kissing and groping students, they attributed his behavior to the social mores of a different era rather than any nefarious intent. Many expressed anger that Mr. Williams was not alive to defend himself against the allegations and that the legacy of an important and talented horseman has been tarnished again with the denial. It's sad, like, it's sad things like that are said about a man who has passed, been passed away for more than 25 years, says Hap Hansen, who grew up riding at Flint Ridge, but you're a guy, and became one of the most successful Grand Prix riders in the world. While he said he witnessed Mr. Williams kissing and touching women and girls, Mr. Hansen said he did not believe it was without consent. Again, fucking denial. The fuck? I think he was a great horseman. He was a legend in his time. In my mind, he still is. I just think those things are stupid to bring up whether they are true or not. I just think those things are stupid to bring up, whether they are true or not. Even for the few children who spoke up about the misconduct, Mr. Williams' status as an equestrian giant served as a de facto silencer. Ringside at the Indio National Horse Show in Indio, California in 68, Mr. Williams scouted 14-year-old Melissa Cardenas, now Mahalovich, a high-jump prodigy, pitching to her mother that Melissa should train with him. After the adult struck a deal, Mr. Williams followed her to where she was grooming her horse, High Barbary. Miss Mahalovich said he, um, he threw his arm over her in, a, in an avuncular way and then shoved his tongue down her throat. She ran and told her mother. She just could not believe that, Mrs. Mahalovich said. It was Jimmy Williams. The plan to train with Mr. Williams went forward and lasted three years, she said. So, too, did the abuse. I might be more appalled at the use of avuncular. Yeah. For Miss Krasinski, who for decades after the abuse ended, continued to champion his horsemanship in interviews, her silence stemmed in part from a sense of gratitude for his role in helping her toward her equestrian superstardom, she said, a duality she has tackled through therapy and spiritual work. At one point, I felt there was almost two of me. There's this little thing over here and this other part of me that rides to survive. <coughs> I, I had to look it up to see what avuncular meant. Do you know what it means? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Relating to an uncle. I still have to say he's a genius, but he was sick. Well, that makes sense. Oh, well, so was Hitler. <laughs> Mr. Williams' modus operandi, several students said, was to corner them in, hor in horse stalls where he would put his tongue in, uh, into their mouth and force their hands down his riding breeches. They quickly learned to avoid the barns, they said. He would say, well, I'm training you so you can satisfy men, said Gigi Gaston, who rode there from the age of 11 to 17, started wearing a camera around her neck. To stop him from pressing against her, you want to make your boyfriends happy, don't you? As he said, Mr. Williams lived on the club property in a bungalow. <clears throat> when Mrs. Gaston was 17, he summoned her inside, pulled her head down, and pressed her mouth against his exposed penis, she said. She screamed, and her braces scraped his genitals. She said when he recoiled, she escaped. 
Too Ms. bad it wasn't worse. Miss Gaston told several adults <laughs> who confronted Mr. Williams that night, but she was unsure if the club was ever notified. Everyone always turned the other cheek, Miss Gaston, now a filmmaker, said. It was a system. Uh, you know what? There, there, there's, <laughs> there's a part of me that wishes that his pubes got stuck in her braces and then someone would have had been called to help and then there's witnesses, more witnesses to it and just get this fucker just... Uh, you know what, though? Look at all the denial. I, I don't even think that would have gotten him convicted. Nope. In the early 1990s, France, Francis Stein Weddell Carvin, a Grand Prix writer and former student of Mr. Williams and Miss Krasinski confided... I'm sorry. Of Mr. Williams, comma, and Miss... These fucking In the names. early 90s, Carvin and Krasinski confided in each other for the first time. Both of them were former students of Mr. Williams, and they had ridden together as teenagers... Why can't they just write it like that? They have to write it in these funky sentences. Along with other, uh, along with a few others, unearthed old rosters of writers from Flint Ridge and began calling down the list, asking whoever picked up what she had experienced. On a spring day in 1993, five former students of Mr. Williams gathered in a small bungalow. They had ridden together as girls, Ms. Gaston, Harold, Carvin, and Krasinski, and her sister, Lisa. They gathered for a group therapy session with a therapist and shared who, how each had been preyed on by Mr. Williams. For Ms. Carvin, who has battled addiction, addiction, it was the beginning of understanding memories of Mr. Williams forcing her to touch his penis and inserting his tongue in her mouth as a child that she had long pushed away and her need to silence her sense of shame with alcohol and drugs. I learned that what was yanked away from me because of the abuse. Uh, standing at Middle Ranch, Eucalyptus Shrouded Stables, 15 miles northwest of Flint Ridge Riding Club on a recent day in May. Miss Carvin stroked the mo- they I mean, they're trying to be flowery. <laughs> I kept everything in for so long. I wanted to hide, but what I really wanted was someone to find me and put their arms around me and say, it's okay, you're going to be fine. That's what the horses have done for me. On May 14th, the United States Equestrian Federation barred Jimmy A. Williams from its membership 24 years, 6 months, 14 days after his death. So he's like a Jimmy Savile of equestrian riding. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I'm surprised more people haven't come out, but it's a small world. The, the equestrian thing is a very, very small world. I mean, he died 25 <laughs> years ago, so I mean, imagine how many people are dead now or something that he did that to. There's a possibility. Yeah. So, um, fuck, dude. That, that, that's, uh, you know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of that episode of Rick and Morty where... Uh, where that guy who's the king of the town grabs Morty and throws him in, and tries to rape him in the bathroom. Yeah. That, that's what it reminds me of. It that is that's why I do hope that there is an afterlife so that hopefully someone like that that has done something like that there's some kind of comeuppance for it. You know, you're not going to get a comeuppance for someone that's been dead for 25 years. I'm talking about in his afterlife. If there is you know, something something for him to suffer for um you know not not the fact that he died a quote-unquote legend you know in the equestrian business you know uh that's the hopeful part of me when it comes to that we you know of course we'll never know will we until (laughs) we move on if it's true or not but yeah it's uh yeah yeah, if you want if you want to read more, go to www.cron of the Ho- Cron of Horse or find Chronicles of the Horse and Jimmy Williams. It's actually a better story, and I probably should have read that. He um, exploited the times, okay? Because someone mentioned, oh, that's just you know the times were different, kind of bullshit, you know. Well, he took advantage of those times, you know, where people looked the other way and you know didn't think as much about it and shit like that, you know. An old man shoving his tongue down the throat of a child that. 
That's alarming. There should have been a shotgun shoved up his ass. Double barrel. Twice. But, hey. So, yeah. I mean, the only thing you can do now is destroy his legacy, right? If it's true. I mean, this what, what legacy? His legacy is, you know, they, they removed his name. I didn't even know about this guy until today. Uh-huh. I'm sure that, like, I, I know people that are in this arena. Uh-huh. And I'm sure that they know all about the stories. And this is a huge blow to everybody that's involved with um, this sport, if you want to, you know. Yeah. Um, the, de- the, the article at uh, Chronicles of the Horse for Jimmy is much more detailed and a better read than the New York Times article that uh, um, I read from. <laughs> um, yeah, as Joe says, a different era. The 70s were a much different time than 2018. The laws to protect children are stronger now. We understand more about abuse and its long-term effects, and we have more safeguards in place to protect children. Psychology is more mainstream, and professionals now know that many victims wait years to come forward for a myriad of reasons like shame, fear of consequences, low self-esteem, feelings of isolation, and minimization, a phenomenon where victims convince themselves that the treatment they received wasn't a big deal. Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. Yeah, because he made them good writers, so, you know, there's a small price to pay. Yeah, many described the horse show world in the 70s as an old boys club and point out how much attitudes within the sport have changed, but one thing hasn't changed. Successful trainers still hold tremendous power over their students, and there's real potential to abuse that power, as Williams did. To be clear, we could not find evidence that Williams had ever been charged with sexual misconduct or convicted, and two former students have told the Chronicle that they were not assaulted and did not witness any sexual misconduct by him. Obviously, okay. same thing by fucking Jimmy Savile. Obviously, he's not around today to defend himself. It's also clear that many students graduated from Williams' program with universally positive experiences. <laughs> okay, maybe he had a certain type he was into. Hutchison, for one, spent decades with Williams, writing under his tutelage as a junior and working with him throughout her life. She said they started dating when she was 18, when he would have been 55, and the relationship continued. We said that. She said that during that time, she did not per- personally witness any abuse, and she does not believe any allegations of abuse against Williams. But Hutchinson did witness Eddie Connors, a friend of Carvin, confront Williams. I'll never forget it. It was at the old Indio showgrounds, and Eddie came into the motorhome, and he was saying Jimmy had abused Francie. Jimmy blatantly denied it. I was there when Eddie came and talked to Jimmy about Francie and so forth, but he was a ladies' man. I absolutely don't believe that he was a child molester. It's, it's right there. I mean, the guy came up and, and confronted mm-hmm. this other, this, confronted Jimmy, and she says it right there. He was a ladies' man, but I don't believe that he was a child molester. Give me a fucking break. You guys started dating when you were 18. Yeah. Which means that things were happening before you were 18. Oh, yeah. So fuck off. That's the, what would you call that, the, uh, the Woody Allen thing, in a way. Yeah, I feel that, okay, at least Jimmy was confronted at one point when he was still alive to defend himself, which I think is a good thing. And then besides that one allegation, I never heard of any other ones, and I don't believe there, are any, there were any. Now, I mean, why isn't anybody talking to her about her relationship with him? That's the biggest problem is you're not confronting the one person that has been with him for, most of his, for the remainder of his life. Yeah. You know, the last less than 20 years, 18 years of his life. Well, I'll tell you what. What I appreciate about, <laughs> appreciate about this article is it's just telling you the information. It's not picking sides. It's just giving you everything, you you know, that they've got on, on the info. So hopefully someone can use this and go take the next step, you know, and confront this uh, this lady. Well, why didn't they confront her when they talked to her? It's As a reporter, it's not your job to confront people. It's to get information from them. I mean, if you start confronting someone, they're not going to tell you shit. It's your job as a reporter to ask the questions. 
Yeah. It's your job as a reporter to ask the difficult questions, not softball bullshit. This article does a very, very good job of giving detail. Yeah. But what this article doesn't do a very good job of is asking her how she finds it completely acceptable to date a 55-year-old man when she's 18 and and that they were doing stuff before she was 18. Because a relationship doesn't happen when you turn 18 years old. It has to build up over time. Yeah. So I'm sorry, but you, she can't sit there and say he was a ladies' man, but I absolutely don't believe that he was a child molester because she was there when they were dating. <laughs> don't judge their love, Mike. <laughs> you just don't understand. I could totally hear some sympathizers saying that. Yeah, I look, dude's been dead for 25 years, you know, and uh, he got to die happy, right? He got to die having married to a young chick, and and he wasn't married to her. Okay, well, whatever, living with her, you know, in the eyes and of we, the we, Lord. And we we don't we don't know if he was happy or not. I mean, he was married six times. <laughs> well, you know, the problem is is that he got divorced because all those women said yes. Apparently, he likes them young, and the ones that say no. So fuck this guy. Based on this info, but I don't see why people would have a reason to lie this long after the fact. I don't see any purpose for it other than telling the truth. So, my personal opinion, fuck this guy. Destroy as much of his legacy as you possibly can. You know, any statues, any fucking Hall of Fame or whatever, awards, just fucking, just use some white out and erase that shit. They already did. They took them all down. Good. That was the whole... That was the whole story, is that his name has been erased. They've taken it down. They've, they've removed his name from the, the stables or the, the arena ring yeah. and everything else. Yeah, and now start investigating all of his sympathizers, especially that one guy. <laughs> you know, this is really dumb, you know, this long after the fact, you know, even if it's true or not. That guy, that's, that's a suspicious fucking comment right there. Yeah, but why... I didn't say tap I'm playing, his phones. I'm playing devil's advocate I know you are. Here. I didn't say, you know, not, an act stop, Patriot Act or stop. anything on him. You don't even know what I'm going to ask. Hold on a sec. Why would they do an investigation on him after 25 years of him being dead? Not that guy. I'm saying... On Why would they do an investigation on this when the guy, the, the main culprit, has been dead for 25 years? You misheard me. No, I'm what saying, I heard you say is they should do an investigation. If there's, imp- if there's... I'm saying keep an eye on the people that are sympathizers towards him, especially the one, the guy that I just said what he said. There's something suspicious about his comments, like maybe he was fully complicit in doing things as well. Keep an eye on it. Authorities should keep an eye on the guy, because that guy's statements raise a major red flag. But it's not surprising, because, I mean, look at when, when the fucking Kevin Spacey shit came out. Kevin Spacey didn't do shit anywhere near as bad as this fucking guy, and yet he still did some bad shit. And plenty of people were like, oh, who gives a shit? I just like his movies. I don't care what he does in his personal life, you know? You know, uh, now 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 House of Cards is fucking ruined. Blah blah blah. Yeah, nobody nobody cared enough that they didn't go see the movie that he was removed from. Nobody cared enough that they don't watch his movies and they pulled everything. Nobody cares enough about him trying to fuck a seventeen year old that it's still not talked about this day. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares. Yeah, yeah. People just move on, and he'll he'll end up being you know. That's uh, what. Have you been even paying attention to the Louis C.K. stuff? Yeah, he's he's trying to make a comeback. He hasn't apologized for shit. And the more and? I th- and the more I think about it, the more of a piece of shit he is. Okay, I don't care about what you think. Oh, <laughs> then why are we here? <laughs> Have you read anything? Um, I just read about his stand-up, the, his little popping up in the club shit. You know, 
Like, remember me? And? And the first time it happened, he people were surprised, and there was people uncomfortable with it, but they didn't have the balls to leave because they felt obligated to stay or some shit. Not true. Several people left. Okay. But there were other people that didn't. Because they felt obligated to stay. They felt uncomfortable. They like didn't feel obligated they were put in to the stay. Whatever. And he even said that. So, and then there was... Well, what about the owner of the club? The owner of the club said um, because of the reaction, he was pissed off that uh, he shouldn't have done it. He shouldn't have had uh, Louis C.K. come out like that. No, the owner of the club said, it's his life. Who am I to stop this person or any person who has been accused of this stuff from trying to make a comeback? Well, when you surprise people with it, that's fucking bullshit. Okay. But it wasn't really a surprise because he was he was there in the club and they could have said no, which happened to another comedian just about a week ago. I can't remember who that comedian was, but it was another comedian, mm-hmm. and these two these two comedians decided that they were going to not let him get on stage, and they started talking about I mean just madhouse talking shit about him, you know, while they were on stage. Yeah, um, I didn't read that one, so. I don't have a problem with people trying to make a comeback. If he doesn't want to talk about it, he doesn't want to talk about it. He's not ready to. If he wants to go on stage and do his thing, you can stay and watch or you can leave. It's your money. You vote with your wallet. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. So, just like I do with the Adam Sandler stuff. That's what I do with the Kevin Spacey stuff. That's what I do with whoever else, Brian Singer. Unfortunately, there's a movie I want to see that he was involved with. And I'm voting with my wallet to go see what that to go see that movie, but he was removed from that movie. Yeah. So I, you know, the more I thought about the uh, the the uh, Louis C.K. thing was at first I was like, what's the big fucking deal? Whatever. He's just a fucking weirdo pervert. But then thinking more about it, wait a minute. He actually would block the door sometimes, keep people from leaving while he jerked off in front of them. That's traumatizing to some people. That's fucked up, and he should pay for that. That's um, I think more should be done about it. I, I don't really know what should be done, but him just disappearing for a few months and then coming back, there should be more of a repercussion than this because uh, that is assault. Just because he didn't touch anybody doesn't mean it's not assault. You know, he, he still affected Again, people. We only know one side of the story. He never denied anything. But he, he said he it's never, true. He said it was true, but he never told. They, there's not a full reckoning of the entire story other than, okay, yeah, it happened. Yes, I did that. Yes, I, I whipped my dick out and jerked off in front of girls, you know? Okay, so where's the dispute here? The dispute is there is no other information from him other than that. Okay, well, he didn't deny anything, so... So what if the actual story was, instead of when they came into his dressing room, they knew what was going to happen. I'm just playing devil's advocate. Okay. Here. All right. They knew what was going to happen because he has <laughs> a propensity to do this. And we're all kidding ourselves that that fucking Louis C.K. didn't do this on a on a regular occasion to people. And it was and he could self justify it to himself. That's stupid saying. That's oxymoron. <laughs> he could self justify it because they allowed him to do it. And then somebody reported it. And caught wind, and then all these people bandwagoned and said, yeah, he did it to me, too. Think about that. It's That's difficult, man. I, it's like... It's not difficult. It is difficult, because what if you you, you know you go to his, his dressing room to just meet him or something, all of a sudden he blocks the door and but he starts, whips it out. He starts, didn't do that to those people. He didn't do that to any of the fans. He did that to other comedians. That, that doesn't make it okay. I didn't say it was okay. What I'm saying is that he did this all the time, and it wasn't a problem... Until 
a reporter caught wind of it. Yeah. And now it's a problem. Okay, well, what if uh, a lot of those situations was because of naivete? You know, people were like, nah, it's, they're just lying. They're, they're just, it's just an ongoing joke about Louis or some shit about him, you know, No, because up. there was too many people that reported it. Jim Norton knew about it. Fucking, um, uh, oh, damn it. What's his name? Rogan? Yeah. Uh, Rogan knew, Joe Rogan knew about it. And I'm talking about um, the dude that was on Silicon Valley. He tried to blow. He he oh, sent T.J. him a T.J. Miller, Miller yeah. who's also a piece of shit. That's the that's the comedian, by the way, that I was trying uh, trying to remember uh-huh. about the two guys, the two other comedians. Yeah, T.J. Miller tried to get on stage to do a set. Yeah, and they wouldn't let him, so they just fucking bashed on him throughout yeah. their two sets, and he left the area. Uh-huh. T.J. Miller, who is a bigger piece of shit than Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. and and everybody else that is in that crowd knew that he did this and had been doing it for years. And all of a sudden, the report comes out, and he's a big piece of shit. Bigger piece of shit. Now, I'm just, again, yeah, this is devil advocate like the stuff. Whole, the whole community that knew about it are all fucking hypocrites and, and pieces of shit, in a way, because they never did anything about it. I don't think they're hypocrites or pieces of shit. They just let it go. Yeah, yeah he jerks off in front of people. No, I don't think they let it go either. I think that they confronted him because they do that, and that's how comedians work, and said, you need to stop doing this. Knock it off. Okay, well, it finally came out, and he's reaping what he sowed, but now he's trying to make a comeback. And and is that a problem? Do I blame the guy for trying to make a comeback? No, because he's used to a certain lifestyle now. So people aren't I, I allowed to have second chances. No, he, but he needs to He needs to come out and say, he needs to speak more about it. And Why? Because he, he needs to own up to what he fucking did. But he did. No, he just said, oh, yeah, that's true. That's owning up to it. That's not I enough. I did that. That's not enough. So dude. what do you want him to do, become a fucking priest? No, I want him, <laughs> it has to be one extreme or the other, right? There's no middle ground? No, I'm just asking you what do you want him to do. I want him to... You want him to go outside before, and flog himself before, in front of people before, and perform before, fucking daily before rituals? Before he starts sneaking into fucking improvs and just, oh, oh, hey, remember me? Here I am again. Is everything cool now? Instead of fucking doing that, why doesn't he go on a talk show or something or talk to someone, maybe a respected because journalist Because he doesn't want to talk to anybody in the fucking press. Okay, well then guess what? You're going to have opinionated assholes like me. They have a problem with the motherfucker coming back. Yeah, so let me just point something out. I read an entire New York Times press release, a statement about this Jimmy Williams guy. Yeah. And how difficult was that to read through? Um, how one-sided and how bullshit was it? Uh, it's an, it, it seemed pretty straightforward. It was a bullshit article, Joe. I mean, it took both sides. It took people that were sympathizers, and then it took people that were accused. It was a bullshit article. Okay, you're better at analyzing that shit than I am. It was it was a complete horseshit article. I we went right to the fucking page where the original article came from, and they took that uh, they took that article and repurposed it word for word. They didn't do any fucking investigation. Mm-hmm. They stole someone else's work and repurposed it. Okay. So instead of getting the straightforward story, which you got on Chronicles of a Horse, you got the New York Times bullshit story. And you just be glad they didn't charge you a dollar to fucking read 10 more articles. Doesn't matter about that. That's what I'm talking about. Nobody wants to go to the press because nobody gives a shit about the fucking media anymore. Yeah, because no, they're not... They're because it's just going to turn into a shit show. Mm-hmm. So why the fuck would Louis C.K. or anybody else that's looking to get back into it want to even talk about anything unless they can get on somebody's podcast and say it themselves or write it themselves in a blog? Well, there he goes. Boom. He's going Rogan. So, and... It, it, even if Rogan would want him on, would he go? I think that he should. He needs to uh, repair his uh, the, the damage to his reputation and everything. Does he? Yes. I don't think so. 
It's the six-month, six-week thing. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit about what happened to Sony and their hack or what was going on with the internship with Seth Rogen and James Franco and the Sony hack mm-hmm. or fucking that... Kim Kardashian's the, ring. The Kim Kardashian's bullshit story about her ring being stolen. Yeah. And then fleeing the scene of a crime. Or Kanye West staring off weird like he's been turned into the Manchurian candidate. Yeah. <laughs> all that weird shit. <laughs> all, all these stories about people, all these celebrities doing these fucking, the, these tremendous crimes. Yeah. Whatever it is. And it, it does, it's not going to fucking matter. Yeah. It's not going to matter in six months from now because nobody's going to remember. Well, that, and, but my personal opinion on it is that, for, regardless of how much that matters, yeah. is, you know, I, I, I have opinions don't mean shit. I haven't forgotten. And there's some things that are forgivable. But you're not going to give a shit in six months. I, it, is, it is past six months later. And no, I do, you're not going to give, give a shit in another shit. six months. It's only been, it's, it's been about six months. I don't even think it's been that long. No, it was still. It was before last year was over. It was. It was. It was soon after the Weinstein thing, because everything started happening after the Weinstein thing. No, I think that his came out in April, so we're just at about six months. It doesn't sure. doesn't fucking I, I, matter. It really doesn't matter. But by by the same time next year, nobody's going to give a shit, or is going to give even less of a shit. For the most part, you're probably right. So why is it such a big deal? Because I'm not a fucking tool, and I I'm not. I, I'm not just gonna like sweep something aside because society is used to just fucking moving on to the next thing or the oh hey the McRib came down came out so let's quit talking about this shit now let's go get a McRib you see I, I I'm not that I'm not that fucking I, I'm still learning but I'll tell you what I, I'm my eyes are fucking open to a lot more things now and I'm not just gonna dismiss shit because time went by Louis C K needs to own up to what he did in a better way. And look, if he wants to repair his shit, he needs to come on, say, there you go. He can go on Rogan, and he can talk about, be op- upfront and honest and say, hey, I'm a fucking... Is that weir- going to fucking change your opinion? I would respect him more, yes. I would absolutely respect him more. Is that going to change your opinion? Yes. If he, if he owns up to it, admits he has a but problem... But he admitted it. He just said, yeah, it's true. That, Do you it, want me to pull the article where he admitted it and said he had a problem? No. I don't need to. I, it, but... So what does it matter if he's already admitted to it and owned up to it versus going on a fucking podcast and saying the same exact words that he said five months ago? Okay. I'm not saying that he needs to fucking pay me back all the money that I've spent on him over the years with my cable subscription and all that other bullshit. Okay. But what I am saying is, as a fan, as someone who appreciates his work, he owes me. He owes all of us. What does he owe you? He owes us an explanation and an apology. He said, I did this. I'm sorry for what happened. That's it. And then that just makes it okay. So what the fuck is it going to matter if he comes on a podcast or writes a blog spot and says, I did this. I'm sorry. I'm just repeating myself from five months ago. The same exact words, everything else. I'm a piece of shit. I did this. I think that that's par for the course. Yes. Because... I think that he, he he needs to acknowledge that you know just because a, a few months have gone by that it didn't happen. No, he needs Again, to acknowledge it that it happened. Why does he have to repeat himself? Why does he have to repeat himself? He admitted it. He acknowledged it. Did you not see all the people that have a fucking problem with him coming back? But he admitted it and acknowledged it. You're saying that if he admits it and acknowledges it, I don't think I'm, it's. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. okay. you're sort of okay with it. I don't think it's cool that he just sneaks back into the fucking scene. But that's not the question I'm asking you, Joe. Okay, what is it? Ask it again. For the fourth time. Okay. He has already admitted it. Yes. He has already acknowledged it. 
He has already apologized for it. And it was a quick fucking Doesn't apology. Matter. And you want him to do it again. Yeah, it was extremely dismissive. He just fucking got it out of the way. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I did it. Boom, 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 yeah, that's what he did. It was extremely dismissive. Again, what's the point of having to do that all over again if he's already done it once? To <laughs> placate your feelings? Not in complete particularity mine, but you know what? There's victims. There are people that he's affected by doing what he so did. So he has to go and repeat exactly what he said again. Aren't there like child molesters and shit that when they come out, they have to walk to the fucking around the neighborhood and Who say, gives I'm not concerned with those guys. It's sexual offender. Is He's he? a sexual offender. Is he? Yes. Is he? Okay. Even though I'm not a celebrity, I go out and I whip my fucking dick out in front of someone and just play happy time with it. Um, I'm going to get registered. behind closed sexual- doors, dude. That doesn't make it okay. You so you a, just so but, if you rape a child behind closed an, doors, it's, it's okay. Your analogy is you go outside and whip your dick out. He did it behind closed doors in privacy. Okay, in my house, I do it to a fucking <laughs> uh, so to say. So a census taker comes over and they come inside. I invite them in for fucking tea and vodka or something, right? And then all of a sudden, I start whipping. My question to you before this goes off the complete rails. <laughs> no, this is fun. Is what the fuck does it matter if he apologizes again? What does it matter? Um, what does it matter if he goes on anyone's podcast, he shouts it from the top of the goddamn mountains, starts his own fucking TV network, and just repeats what he said, I'm sorry, I acknowledge it, I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> um, because I, I think that acting like nothing ever happened. He didn't act like nothing ever happened. He apologized for it, he fucking acknowledged it, and he said he was a piece of shit. When it first happened, when, it first, when it, he first called out. It doesn't out. matter. He still did all that stuff. That's the point I'm trying to make. What does it matter if he does it again? He's still got that reputation. It doesn't feel genuine to me. I don't... It just doesn't. I, what, do you, what do you want? Him trying to just fucking pop up out of nowhere into a nightclub? He's club? not trying to... Pu- stop deflecting. That's not deflecting yeah, at all. you're going all over the place. Stop deflecting. I don't care about him popping up at a nightclub. Kind of like Victor Salva did the same fucking thing. <laughs> oh, I'm just going to start making movies. I don't... But we're not talking about Victor Salva. We're talking about the fact that... A man has already publicly acknowledged and apologized and said multiple times that he's a big piece of shit. I don't recall him saying it multiple times. Yes, he has. And then he went into then he went into fucking hiding. Yeah, he went into seclusion. And now he comes back out to try out some comedy stuff and asked if he could go on stage. He didn't. He didn't push his way on the stage. He asked if he could go on stage. Mm-hmm. He was there for a long time, so it wasn't just popping up out of nowhere like a fucking prairie dog. He went to the comedians and said, do you mind if I go on stage and try out some new material? Yeah. And they said yes. And they could have said no. So that's on them. But it goes right back to, does it fucking matter? Does it matter if he apologizes again? Does it matter if he says all this other stuff? Does it matter if he tells his side of the story? Yes, it matters. No, it doesn't. You know why? Because the stigma of him doing what he did to those women will stick around him. Because the comedians that do this for a living, especially the people that he's around, mm-hmm. will never let him live it down. That's why it doesn't that's why it's not important for him to apologize anymore. Because it will never go away. Does it matter if Kevin Spacey does it? <laughs> oh Kevin Spacey kind of fucked himself when he came out of the closet, used it as a you know uh, as a way to uh... Yes, it will if he actually does a heartfelt apology. But it's different because it's Kevin Spacey and not Louis C. K. Because again Louis C.K. will never be able to live that down because he's got to work with the same people that yeah. he did that to. Yeah, yeah, and, he, and and you know what? That that's what happens. You make stupid choices. You have to live with the consequences. So, but if he wants me or you know the average fan 
that has a problem with what he did, you know, I think that you know that he should come out and do something. He should be a little more humble about it. He doesn't care. Well, then I don't care about Louis C.K. Good. That's that's what I was waiting for. Nobody gives a shit about the average fan. They don't care. They just want your money. Yeah. So why the fuck do we care about them? Because they provide us with entertainment. So what? So at first, when he, when all this shit first happened, and he came out and he said, "Yeah, I did it." You know, at first I was like, oh, I respected it. And the reason why I respected it at the time was because he was doing what no one else was fucking doing. Everyone else was in denial and, and saying, no, that wasn't me and all this shit. He actually admitted that he did it. So I, at the time I respected him. But thinking more about it, I think he should do a little more. I don't, I don't know. I don't mean community service or some shit, but something. But again, I'm, I'm, I'm of the opinion of who fucking cares? I don't care if he does more. And then that's the problem with society <laughs> is that no one gives a shit. Six months no, down the road, no the one gives a shit. No, that's not the problem with society. The problem is, is that I don't care about him. I don't care about the fact that he's gone. I don't care about the fact that he's back. He doesn't affect my life in one way or the other because it's a person that I don't know. He did his thing. He apologized for it. And now he's paying the consequences for it. So, I don't watch his TV shows. I don't watch his specials. And I don't even watch him on YouTube anymore. So technically, are you saying that he's affecting my life? Because I'm talking about it right now. He affects your life more than mine. No, I'm just talking about it right now. No, See, you, because you pay for his stuff. You've paid for his movies. You've paid for even watched his TV shows. I, I've, I've watched two episodes of his Louis TV show. Well, I mean, you pay for cable. That's what I meant. I pay <laughs> for fucking cable, so technically I'm paying for a show. But you watch his show. Yeah, I did. So it, he affects you more than he affects me. Sure. You're yeah. a fan. Yeah. I thought he was, I thought he was somewhat funny, but, uh, you know. I, I recall uh, you fucking loving the guy. I like some of his stuff. No, don't put those words in my I mouth. Swear, dude, I, I, look, I'm, I, I'm not saying you came out and said you loved him, but I remember before this shit happened, I, I remember you being a fan of him because he's, he's upfront and honest about everything. I never said I was a fan. I enjoyed his upfront and honest honesty. Okay. But not. A, I'm not going to say that I'm a fan. Okay. I enjoyed his stuff, some of his stuff, like Bag of Dicks. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, I still use the one thing that he says all the time is uh, what's the what's the one th- word that can cut through glass? Asshole. I still use those. <laughs> but other than that, that's I I never watched this TV show yeah. with the exception of once or twice because Jim Norton was on it. And other than that, I was out. I never watched Baskets mm-hmm. or any of his movies. Yeah. So I, the, until but I he was good in a couple of other films. Yeah, American Hustle. He was really good in that. Um, but. So yeah, I'm I'm just not going to go out of my way to spend money on the guy anymore. Good, you know, and unless he unless he shows something to me, you know that 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 shows me that he's 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 owned up to his shit completely, and that he deserves to still be at the, on the pedestal that he's been on for so long. So. And I disagree. Okay, what else does a man have to say other than what we're doing? I don't know. Maybe uh, I went ourselves. and got counseling because uh, jerking off in front of people is wrong. <laughs> if they don't want it. <laughs> Why does he need counseling? That's I don't, a, and I don't even want to get into it. That's I don't want to get into that conversation. Okay. We've gone online. <laughs> Look, I know that comedians have thick skin, so I'm pretty sure that most of those people laughed about it when he when he when when they heard the rumors about him doing that shit because it is inherently it's hilarious, but then until you think more deeply about it, and then it's like, fuck, dude, that's, that's fucked up. So I, I get... I can get a comedian standpoint on that thing because it's... No, I mean, see, I'm not even going there. I'm not putting any words in any comedian's mouth because I'm pretty sure that when they heard about it, they the first thing that they said was, what the fuck is your problem? 
Are you sure? Because in interviews, they fucking joke and laugh about it. Yeah, they joke and laugh because they're giving him a hard time. That's not joking and laughing. That's putting it right back on Louis C.K. and telling him basically what a piece of shit he is. So it's the context. If you're reading that, understand the context because sometimes it's difficult to read the words that are being printed. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you listen to the the podcast and whatnot, and, and then it you was almost like it just seemed like the the my my uh, impression I got was <laughs> them thinking it's like the retarded cousin or something. Oh, what did Jimmy do this time? That's that that's the kind of reaction I got from it. So um, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I know this one went long in the tooth, but you know what, man? I look, I, I think it's fun. It's fun to talk about this shit. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, as always, uh, watch out for uh, old pervert men, uh, equestrian uh, trainers. And comedians. And comedians who uh, like to close doors. Uh, I am Joe Spiegel. And comedians that like to block doors and jerk off in front of you. <laughs> and if you want to get deeper, yes. Uh, so, yes, uh, stay safe out there. And uh, and as always, tell the truth. Yeah, good night. <laughs>